lockdowns, mass surveillance, forever war. Is this still the land of the free? It will be again. I'm Eric Brakey, and it's time to free America now. Because an idea whose time has come cannot be stopped by any army or any government. Welcome to Free America Now. I'm your host and renegade statesman, Eric Brakey, here in the Young Americans for Liberty studio with my producer, the wonderful and amazing Carter Quill. How's it going, y'all? Welcome, Carter. Thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you to all of you listening at home and joining us for the next hour. Today, we're going to be talking about the topic that is literally unavoidable. I suppose maybe if you're living under a rock somewhere, you haven't heard about it. But for the rest of us, COVID, vaccines, mandates, and personal choice. These are the questions on everyone's mind. If, in fact, you are someone who is wise enough to be asking questions and not just doing what you are told, because that's certainly what the COVID regime wants of us, to just, in the words of Anthony Fauci, it is time to do what you are told. Frankly, when people in power tell me it's time to do what we are told, that sets off my spidey senses, and I start thinking we need to be asking some questions Uh, when politicians and government officials want our blind obedience. From the very beginning of this, from the lockdowns telling us we don't have the right to choose whether or not to even go outside or open our business or send our kids to school, now we are at the point where we are not allowed to decide for ourselves what pharmaceuticals are put into our own bodies. So... Do we have the right to personal choice or not? Is this really a situation where we require a dictator with a bullhorn dictating orders to everyone? Is this the time for authoritarian solutions? Or does liberty still work after all? So President Joe Biden apparently wants to be that man with the bullhorn telling us what to do. And he has issued... We have all seen just a few weeks ago sweeping mandates uh, requiring everyone to get vaccinated, and the threat is your job. Federal employees get vaccinated or you're fired. Healthcare employees, if you're uh, work for a healthcare provider that gets Medicare, Medicaid funds, get vaccinated or you're fired. Private employers with more than 100 employees. Uh, You've got to tell your employees to get vaccinated or you're fired. This is what's coming out of the White House now from Joe Biden. Um, You know, there are a lot of questions to ask about this policy. I mean, there's the actual, does the policy itself make sense? We'll want to get into that in a little bit, but I mean... There's the basic question of constitutionality. I mean, who does Joe Biden think he is to just, with a with a mandate from the Oval Office, so I guess he's try- trying to channel Obama's, I've got a phone, I've got a pen, who needs to go to Congress to pass laws anymore? He is essentially trying to pass law by executive order. 
on, on, a, on a more intimate level than I think I've ever seen uh, law by executive order ever, down to what goes into your body. Does he have that right? I mean, frankly, on a constitutional level, it seems very clear to me that that violates not just the separation of powers, trying to as, uh, assume lawmaking powers that belong with the Congress, but also if you open up Article One, Section 8 of the U.S. Constitution, we never gave anyone in the federal government the authority to dictate what gets injected into our bodies. You could argue maybe some of the state governments have that authority. That depends on your state constitution. You should open that up and read it for yourself. But certainly no one in the federal government, and definitely not the president of the United States, has the right to dictate your medical decisions to you. That's exactly it. And at this point, you know, they're pretty much just cutting around every part of the Constitution that they can, you know, jumping through all of the hoops that they haven't destroyed already uh, to get us to inject our, you know, our bodies with this thing that we may not want to, to inject our bodies with. Well, you know, and that's the interesting thing, because I think it comes to the, 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 lar the larger question of policy. Um, are these vaccine mandates, when you put the constitutional question aside, are the vaccine mandates themselves, are they sound policy? I mean, frankly, I, I think you're going to have some degree of those who are unvaccinated who maybe were on the fence. Some people might respond, well, now that they're threatening things that I care about, maybe they will get vaccinated. But I bet you you're going to have just as many people who are on the fence who were thinking, well, I was thinking about getting this vaccine, but now because you're trying to force it on me, I'm going to dig my feet in and say no, because I do not want to live in a society where presidents think they can dictate this to us. So there's the question of effectiveness, but then there is the question of, does it even make sense from a public health perspective? I mean, you have individuals with, uh, with conditions, disabilities that put them at heightened risk for an adverse vaccine reaction. You know, as I was talking to my doctor recently, asking her questions about it, she told me, yeah, there are people with, uh, you know, maybe they have a personal history of, of having immune system issues or even people who didn't know that they had a, a, a personal history of this, but they've had family history of immune system issues where they got the vaccine and it triggered something they didn't even know was there. So there is that risk. I would say, look at your family history and talk to your doctor if that makes sense to you. Don't, you know, don't take a prescription from your president, take it from your doctor, talk to your doctor about it. But then of course, there is the question of natural immunity. There are many people who have had COVID and recovered from it. And there are the, the studies that have come out now, are, the scientific data is pretty overwhelming that natural immunity is more robust than vaccine-based immunity. And Biden's mandate and all the mandates from the president to the governors to college administrators don't even seem to acknowledge that natural immunity is a thing. But I know that, um, you know, people have been standing up against this. I know that we have uh, some of our activists on college campuses have been uh, have been really standing up because college campuses like Rutgers University requires all students to get vaccinated. Get this, even if they are attending classes virtually online, 
at Rutgers University, you cannot attend an online class unless you are vaccinated. Does that make any sense? I mean, you can't get more socially distanced than being in your own apartment at staring at a computer screen. That's what they've told us to do for the last year. Unless COVID has uh, the new COVID variant somehow tr like transmits itself over the internet, I think that you're safe to take online classes. But Rutgers University wants to mandate even that because it's not about public health. It's about compliance. But you know, Carter, you've been uh, following quite a bit what some of our activists have been doing on college campuses across America. Uh, what, what have you been hearing? Yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of crazy laws that these bureaucrats are trying to push upon our students. And, you know, the crazy part is that these most of these universities that we're fighting these policies on, they're public universities. It's your taxpayer dollars that are going to fund these universities where students like like Eric said at Rutgers, a student was denied, you know, denied taking a, a virtual class because he wasn't mandated because he didn't have the vaccine. It just makes no sense. But you know, we have people on um, on colleges like Auburn University. We have them up there in in Montana at uh, at Mountain State University. Our our good friend Dylan Dean is up there fighting the uni the uh, university's mandates. You know, with his chapter, uh, we've got people in Colorado. Shout out to uh, Zoe Misner at uh, Colorado at uh, Boulder for, for fighting everything there. You know, we have people all across the country fighting these these uh, horrible mandates from the bureaucrats. And, you know, without without young Americans standing up to this sort of tyranny, you know, we we would all have already fallen to it. You know, we, we always have to have that revolutionary voice in our in our young generations making sure that, you know, these bureaucrats don't get to just trounce all over our rights. Yeah. I mean, Carter, you know, it's uh, it is something I think these days more and more you, you you kinda you kinda look back at history and you think of the sons of liberty, you think about those folks who like stood up and fought back and like tar and feathered the tax collectors because we weren't going to pay their damn tax on tea. And here we are 250 years later, and it's like, well, okay, inject into my body whatever you want, and, you know, who am I to ask questions? We just got to trust the people in power. It's like, come on! Aren't we America? Aren't we the land of the free, the home of the brave? What happened to us? But you do see a remnant still there. You see it. In, our, in those activists on college campuses like Sarah Rossi organizing a protest with 600 people at Rutgers University saying, no, these policies don't make sense and we're going to stand up against it. You see our activists, I mean, at what, 23 college campuses now, Young Americans for Liberty activists are standing up. Legislators, activists who've gotten elected to the legislatures across the country, over 170 Liberty legislators now in 37 states fighting not just the vaccine mandates, fighting tyranny in all its forms. Yes, this is what it takes. And we've got to tackle this myth that the left owns science. They are treating science like it's their own personal religion. You're not supposed to ask questions. You're supposed to obey the men instead of robes. You're supposed to obey the men in lab coats. This is above me. I'm not allowed to think for myself. I, I, can't, I can't ask questions about what makes sense or what doesn't make sense. Just got to believe Dr. Fauci no matter what he says, even if what he says today is the exact opposite of what he said yesterday, which is the exact opposite of what he said the day before.
It always changes, but we just got to – it's it's like 1984. Whatever they've been saying is what they've always been saying, and if you, if you point out that they said something different before, then you are a heretic. Just today I saw I saw that um, no one can remember where the the uh, six foot social distance number came from. That's just completely no no one remembers where that came from. You know it's it's a, just an arbitrary number, and and so are most of these metrics that they that they try to force upon us. Completely arbitrary and completely, quite frankly, unfounded by science. And that's the the sad part of it. You know, sci- science is a great thing. Um, but when you have all these bureaucrats using it as a weapon to force people to stay in their homes and, you know, mask up and forcing, forcing even little children. I've seen kids younger than six forced to put on a mask at preschool. You know, it's, it's just absolutely horrible. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I saw that video too. Mm-hmm. Uh, was this video? It, it's interesting when you, when you see all of these kind of celebrity events, what was it recently? Was it the Met, Emmys? Met or Gala. The, the Met Gala. The Emmys had the Emmys, just recently. Right, the Emmys, Emmys just happening. It's interesting. You, you kind of see two different kind of classes forming. Mm-hmm. You've got all the servant class. Everyone's masked up. I'm sure they were required to get vaccinated too, but they're also required to wear masks. And then you have the elites, the celebrities, the politicians, they're not wearing masks. They get to go to the events and be unmasked. They're given hugs and everything else. Let's say that we're vaccinated. We're vaccinated. I'm sure the servants are, are vaccinated too, but you want them faceless and uh, uh, to be seen and not heard. Uh, it is. Um, it's. It's very stark to 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 see this. Um, but but yeah, you see these like these videos of like the, the three year old kid who's like a daycare or, or preschool, and it's like putting the mask on his face. Put your mask on, Billy. It's like. No, I don't want to wear the mask. Take the mask. Put your mask on, Billy. It's like two-year-olds, three-year-olds, one, they don't understand. Second of all, of course, they're going to be playing with the mask. They're going to be tugging at it. They're going to be putting their hands to their faces more. If you're worried about the spread of disease, you know, you're, you're having the kids put their hands to their faces more. That's not going to help very much. And, and frankly, when we're talking about young kids, I mean – they're at the lowest risk of anyone. It's the, 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 the science has shown that young kids are at more of a risk for the flu virus than they are the COVID virus. I don't know why it works that way, but it does. We see it borne out in the facts over and over again. Um, and, and, and yet, not just are masks being pushed on kids, the vaccines are being pushed on kids. Now, here's the thing we got to get to. We got to get to natural immunity. And Carter, I, I don't know. Have I told you at all about like, I, I think maybe mentioned to you a little bit off off, off mic, like um, what I've just kind of been through with like mm-hmm. natural immunity and antibodies, right? Yeah. yeah well, we've talked about that. Mm-hmm. So uh, like, so here's my, my story a little bit. Look, I don't usually talk about my own personal like medical and kind of health questions. You know, as a former elected official, people ask me all the time whenever I speak out about th- this and, you know, I feel that you should have, you know, choice, your medical choice to choose to vaccinate or not. And people ask me, well, what, what's your choice? What, what choice did you make? And, you know, I think it's worth talking a little bit about. Um, so I'll share with you. I am neither pro-vaccine nor anti-vaccine. Truth be told, I've been kind of on the fence this whole time on whether or not I was going to get the vaccine or not. I considered myself in a low-risk 
category because I'm relatively young. I'm 33. Um, I have none of the underlying health conditions that they tell us to be worried about. But at the same time, we have seen there are cases where young and healthy people out of nowhere, it's rare, but young and healthy people do get severe symptoms from COVID sometimes. Maybe it's not always death, but sometimes people do have long-term problems that come from it. And so I think I don't want to take that serious enough. Maybe I should consider the, the vaccine, but I want to really understand the cost and the benefit and, and what, what my actual risk is either way. So I decided, you know, based on the data that I'd seen, that the vaccines are helpful to a degree in personal, personal you know, prevention. I figured, you know, maybe I will get the vaccine. But you know what? I, before I do that, I'm going to go and get an antibody test because you have studies that have come out showing that natural immunity is more robust than vaccine immunity. I thought, I want to know for myself. I've never had symptoms of COVID, not to my knowledge. I did get, I did think I, I, I thought once that I had COVID, but it turns out I had pneumonia from wearing a mask all the time. <laughs> that's, that's what that's mask, a real danger. <laughs> yeah. That's what the mask did for me. I know it wasn't COVID because I, when I got a COVID test, when, when I got it, but you know, this was, Look, I, I guess I can blame the masks a little bit. This was kind of my own fault. I was had to fly all over the place. I they, they require you to wear the mask. You're traveling so much. You take you put the mask on. You take it off. You stick it in your pocket. You pull it out again. You know, a few days go by. You might be using the same mask. You really should. If 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 you have to be in a situation where where we have to wear a mask because they require you to and they won't let you travel if you don't, then. You should, hey, make sure you're changing that mask on a regular basis so you don't get pneumonia like stupid Eric Brakey over here. But um, but no, that wasn't COVID. I, I've never had COVID, uh, or at least I never had the symptoms of COVID, as far as I could tell. Whenever I had anything that might have been COVID, I got tested. I always came back negative. But I got the antibody test. I po tested positive for antibodies. Somewhere along the way, I got COVID. But it didn't do anything to me. I'm fine. And studies show that I have a more robust, and all people who have had been exposed to COVID and recovered from it have a more robust immunity than someone who is vaccinated. And yet the mandates require you to get vaccinated even if you have natural immunity. So... I've been denied from being able to go to a couple events because, you know, they require proof of vaccination. And I don't want to get vaccinated just to, you know, just to make other people feel better. Yeah, just like uh, just like Nicki Minaj said, right? She wasn't just going to get vaccinated to go to a party. You know, they're, they're, uh, they, they put all these roadblocks up. But at the end of the day, this is a serious health decision, you know. And, and yeah. just getting vaccinated to attend a sports event, I mean, you know, it's... It's your free choice, but, you know, you, you really got to think about these sorts of things. And, you know, some, some carrots that they dangle in front of you just aren't worth it. Well, and here's the interesting thing. So natural immunity, not only do you get robust personal protection if you've recovered from COVID. And let me say, I do think that, you know, from at least the medical experts that I've listened to, if you have a choice, if you haven't had COVID and you um, – if, if you haven't had COVID – especially if you're in a high risk category, you really should talk to your doctor about what, whether the vaccine makes sense, makes sense for you. Uh, at least the medical experts I've heard seem to suggest that, yeah, if you already have natural immunity, then maybe getting the vaccine doesn't make sense. But if you haven't had it, 
getting the vaccine might make sense for you so that it lowers the risk if you do get exposed of having a real bad, bad problem there. But I, I want to throw in a clip from d uh, Dr. I'm sorry, let me remember his name. Uh, Dr. J. Bhattacharya. He is a professor uh, at Stanford University. He's a professor of medicine. He's one of the drafters of the Great Barrington Declaration, which if you aren't familiar with this, I'm sure, Carter, I'm sure you know about the Great Barrington Declaration, uh, but it, it was written by several um, uh, you know, specialists in the healthcare field uh, recommending a focused protection approach to COVID. So rather than locking down all of civilization, telling everyone to stay in their homes, their recommendations were, we should have a targeted approach. We should focus on protecting those who are the most vulnerable, the elderly and those with severe underlying health conditions, which puts them at elevated risk for COVID. And uh, we, that's what we should focus on instead of doing the all of the above in the kitchen sink approach that we've been through over the last year and a half. Great uh, Barrington Declaration has been signed by 15,000 medical and public health scientists, 44,000 medical practitioners, and over 805,000 regular concerned citizens. But Dr. Bhattacharya was on the Tom Woods show recently, and I was listening, and I, I, I thought that the way he kind of broke down the actual understandings of what the positive things are that the vaccines do and the things that the vaccines do not do very effectively, I think is very helpful. So let, let's let's throw that on. So let's talk about the science about this, because I think the science of this, I think, will will lead to a reversal of this within, I hope, within a, a short order. The findings about the vaccine are that the vaccine does not stop infection and very likely does not stop disease spread after only a few short months after the vaccine. It does have very long-lasting protection against severe disease. What that means is that the vaccination question is a private matter, not a public matter. My vaccine, after a very few short months, no longer protects you. It just protects me. Now, Ron DeSantis said that, by the way, and they jumped all over him, but he said that exact thing. He's right. But it's not a public health measure, really. It's an individual health measure. Correct. He's absolutely 100% right about that. I, I, I get, with the proviso that I think maybe like two or three months after you get the vaccine, it does produce reduce infections, but okay. so it's short-lived. So- that's one. It's a private matter, not a public matter. Second, as you say, you have very, very robust protection against a severe disease and probably even infection for quite a long time after you get and recover from COVID. You put those two together, the vaccinated actually may pose more of a disease spread risk than the unvaccinated who have recovered from COVID. So there are a number of things going on in that clip that really, I think, are very illuminating and worth really understanding. So the vaccine does one thing very well. You know, he, he goes on to say later that there's, a, you know, there was a study out of Qatar that found that uh, the, the vaccine after about five months post-vaccine, there was relatively zero protection uh, different from what you would expect from an unvaccinated person against infection or or uh, transmitting covid to others but there was continued protection for the individual against a 
uh, severe case of the disease. So that being the case, the vaccines provide robust individual personal protection for yourself. If you get the vaccine, then that can protect you from a really bad adverse reaction to the COVID virus. But it does relatively little to stop the spread of COVID to protect others. Now, of course, this is the whole basis for for the mandates because you aren't just getting vaccinated for yourself. This isn't about you. Don't be selfish. You've got to get vaccinated to protect others to stop the spread. But that's not what the vaccines do. That's not what studies are showing us that it does. This is why a few months in, everyone is, you know, the the Biden administration is begging for boosters. It's not because the vaccine has worn off its effectiveness in protecting you from the virus, but because the vaccines simply do not protect others, at least not beyond a few months. So what Dr. Bhattacharya says is huge. This is a matter of personal health, not of public health. And if it's not a matter of public health, then there is no policy basis for government to mandate this to everyone. I think, and my recommendation is to anyone listening, if you haven't been vaccinated, talk to your doctor, see what makes sense for you. You need to make that decision for yourself. And you should make that in as informed a manner as possible. Don't believe the talking heads on TV. Don't believe, you know, whichever side of the aisle they're from. Don't just be bullied by college administrators or politicians. Whatever decision you make, at the end of the day, you have to be comfortable with that because there are pros and cons on either side. There are risks to vaccination, just like there are risks to getting COVID. Frankly, I think most people would say the risks of COVID in most cases, especially for those with severe, you know, in high risk categories, the risks of COVID are greater than the risks of the vaccine. But is that necessarily true in all cases, including like for the really young and really low at risk? I don't know. Talk to your doctor about that. But ultimately, this is your choice. And, you know, there's risk on either side. So you need to decide for yourself what risks you are comfortable with. But this is what's interesting. He, he, he points out that um, the, at the end, uh, he points out that the vaccinated pose more of a transmission risk than those who have been, uh, who have natural immunity from having recovered from COVID. And I should point out, Jay Bhattacharya does go on. He sings the praises of the vaccines and what they can do for personal protection. He does recommend that people should seriously consider that. I don't want to be accused of just taking one clip out of context. Um, You know, he is supportive of the vaccines, just them understanding what they are good for and what they are not good for. And, you know, Carter, you just found a a tweet from Congressman Thomas Massey that was kind of relevant to this. Uh, could uh, Could you share that? Certainly. Yeah, the great Thomas Massey. Uh, you know, you know, I love him. Uh, he he asks in, on Twitter, why does Biden's illegal vaccine mandate for private companies only require COVID testing for the unvaccinated? If in fact it's the vaccinated who are more likely to be asymptomatic, that is unaware, when they are infected with the virus. It seems like everything that the politicians are telling us is a little bit backwards here. Yeah, 
You know, it's interesting, you know, especially, you know, that's the other part of Joe Biden's mandate, right? He says that you have to get vaccinated or do weekly COVID testing. But it is, even if you have natural immunity, Mm. all right? But it's those who are vaccinated who, you know, after a few months are, you know, are vulnerable to getting infected. Now, again, the data shows that the severity of their infection and getting a serious case of the disease is much lower than it would be otherwise. I want to acknowledge that. Um, and for their own personal health, you know, that's that's valuable. But they are more likely to transmit the disease to others than someone who has recovered from it already and has natural immunity. So why are the unvaccinated with natural immunity being required to do testing every week when they are at very low risk to be spreading that to someone when the vaccinated without natural immunity are high transmission risks as Dr. Bhattacharya has pointed out and Congressman Thomas Massey is pointing out and it doesn't make any sense from a public health perspective until you understand it's not about public health it's about compliance it's about being obedient to the government I don't know. What do you think, Carter? Is there any way out of this? I don't know, Eric. You know, I think that what what gives me a little bit of hope is that, you know, more and more people are talking about natural immunity. You know, over time, as more people have gotten the virus and recovered from it, you know, more people are naturally immune to it. So eventually, I hope the CDC says something about natural immunity. But so far, Dr. Fauci has been completely silent about what might be the best solution to this virus. You know, I've been saying it from the very beginning. From, from, from when this all began, I was a candidate for Congress at the time, and maybe a lot of people didn't want to hear it. But the path forward is at some point we're going to achieve some degree of, natural, uh, of, of herd immunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dr. Bhattacharya, l- later in the interview, he, he defines herd immunity, and I never heard it defined this way. I thought it was very helpful. Herd immunity, scientifically speaking, is the point at which one person getting infected infects one additional person or fewer. So it's the point at which it's like a tipping point where where the the virus has spread throughout a society enough that there is enough natural immu- immunity in society, or in some cases vaccinated immunity, which for traditional vaccines for other diseases, those those vaccines can, can could contribute to herd immunity. But, you know, this is a direct quote from Dr. Bhattacharya. If the vaccine doesn't stop disease spread, it is not contributing to herd immunity. Mm. If you can still pass the virus on to multiple other people after you're vaccinated, then the vaccine is not contributing to herd immunity. The only thing contributing to herd immunity is COVID infection, is getting this, getting over it. And the vaccines can be a helpful tool when, for when you do get it, to help you get over it and not have, you know, real long-term problems or in some severe cases, you know, people dying of this virus, um, the vaccines can be helpful in that. But they aren't the silver bullet uh, that many want them to be. And I've long said, you know, I thought from the very beginning of all this that the answer was, and now that we have the vaccines here, that's great, it can help. But the answer was, we identify who's at high risk, we focus protection efforts on them, 
and we let the rest of America live their life if they want. Mm -hmm. Get exposed to COVID. Do the things that, do, do take proper precautions. I mean, frankly, I've been taking vitamin D every single day because that's what my doctor told me to do when this was all beginning. Maybe that's why I didn't have a severe COVID reaction. Maybe that was a contributing factor. I don't know. People say that vitamin D makes a big difference. But we didn't have to shut down society. We didn't have to destroy our economy. We didn't have to abandon our American principles of freedom to fight this virus. And in my, in my opinion, it's just not worth it. You know, give me liberty or give me death. And so far, you know, all they've been given, all they've been given us is enslavement. They've been taking away our liberties all for the sake of public health. And it's just, I don't believe it's worth it. That's never what this country was supposed to be about. Yeah. And, and frankly, you know, I think there's a role for public health in society, but geez, public health, the public health officials are going to have a lot of work to do to repair trust mm -hmm. and restore faith in the institutions of public health. They, this last two years have destroyed faith in the public health system because of how ridiculous these impositions on American life have been. You know, thank you everyone who's out there standing up. Thank you for everyone who's fighting. Thank you for everyone who's saying, I will not comply. I'll tell you what, whether you're vaccinated or unvaccinated, I won't judge your decision. That's a decision you need to make for yourself. I hope that if you are someone who does get vaccinated, you also remain one of those people who doesn't want to live in a papers please society. If you get vaccinated, you know, don't hand over your vaccine card <laughs> to participate mm -hmm. in society. Let them know that they don't have a right to see your medical papers. That's mm -hmm. not the kind of society we want to live in. No. All right. I'm going to call it there. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Let's uh, keep fighting for a free America. Furthermore, my opinion is the Federal Reserve should be destroyed. <laughs>